and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our program today, we are going to begin to speak about dreams. I know this is a very exciting part of the prophetic. I have had a lot of people ask me to speak about this, but I felt like I had to take the whole first year and sort of lay down a foundation because some people become focused on the sensational side of dreams and lose sight of the purpose of why God gives us dreams. And so God gives us dreams to convey a message, to communicate with us, and we need to always keep that in mind. I want to lay down some scripture. I want to talk about uh, examples of dreams in our Bible. And then I want to uh, sort of go into the different types of dreams, purposes of dreams, some advice I can give you about dreams, and then some common dream symbols and our Hebrew root words. We always want to stay grounded and rooted in the Word of God. And I also want to share this again. You know, if there's one thing you learn about me, you'll learn that um, I, ha- I have embraced the revelation uh, in, found in John 1, one that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus and the Word are one in the same. If you want to understand Jesus, you have to understand the Word. And so we find all of our answers in the Word. So we have to dig in and we have to study God's Word, you know, to be diligent, to study and show thyself approved. So I'm going to share with you, uh, hopefully also some dreams that I've had just as examples. And I want to, over the next several weeks, have people on the show and, and dig in and talk about dreams and different types of dreams and what God was speaking to people in uh, different dreams. And uh, last week we had Pastor Shane Bearden on, my pastor, and he talked about a dream uh, that he had given. And in the dream was also a word for our church and, and, and about some of the things God's doing in our local area. And also one of the other things about me is everything, for me at least, my understanding is based off of the pattern of the temple and the Bible with the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies represented by our flesh, soul, and spirit. And I just think that just keeps things so simple for me, at least. I'm, I'm, I just love that analogy, and I think it applies to so many things. Of course, we can have ordinary dreams, which are fleshly dreams, carnal dreams. Those are not necessarily spiritual. You know, we don't need to confuse those two. We can have soul-level dreams, you know, that are where we are working out emotional problems, or maybe those are um, nightmares or things like that, and, and we'll dig into that. And then we can actually have spiritual dreams often, which are prophetic in nature, because by, like we said, by definition, the prophetic is simply God supernaturally communicating with us. And we base that off of Strong's number H5012, Naba, which just means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. And the, and the Holy Spirit communicates with us typically through our five senses. But dreams are another way, because in our dreams we can see and hear. And so that's just a fascinating sort of uh, another dimension of how God speaks to us. And God is so amazing. He's always communicating with us, but we don't always understand it. We don't always perceive it. And let me prove that to you with my foundation scripture for today's podcast. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, especially in the arena of dreams and the prophetic. And it's based out of Job 33, 15 through 16. And let me read this to you. It says, In a dream, in a vision of the night, 
When deep sleep falls upon men in their beds while they slumber, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. I love that scripture. So God is speaking to us, but we don't always perceive it. He speaks to us, uh, you know, while we're asleep. And this is just one of the ways that God communicates with us prophetically is uh, in our sleep and our dreams. I'm also going to read it out of the Living Bible because I think this will actually give us another layer of understanding. It says uh, in verse 14 through 16, Job 33, For God speaks again and again, though the people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls upon people. As they lay in their bed, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. And so that's another layer of understanding. And God speaks to us in dreams. I think, you know, we've established that point. I want to bring up Samuel. Uh, I'm involved in a Bible study, and in that Bible study, we uh, recently finished the book of Samuel. And one of the things that just amazed me in the book of Samuel is as a child, when Hannah brought him to Eli, uh, to for the, to work in the in the temple, it says in Samuel three verses three through four. It says Samuel would lie down and sleep in the temple at Shiloh before the ark and receive a word from the Lord. So as he was sleeping under the ark there in the holy of holies, you know the Lord would come to him in dreams and speak to him. I just think that's so fascinating. Let me give you some examples also out of the Bible concerning dreams. Uh, some Old Testament dream encounters. You know Joseph. He had the dream uh, with his brothers uh, bowing down to him, and then he became a dream interpreter. Uh, Daniel, uh, Jacob, Nebuchadnezzar, Solomon, and Job. You know, and we know that in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, he had the dream of the statue, and it had uh, gold, and then down to, you know, from the head, then silver, and then brass, and then iron and clay. And uh, we know that that represents different kingdoms on the earth, and, and you know, Babylon, Media, Persia, Grecia, and Rome. And uh, we are prophetically now, the era that we are living in is sort of the era of the ten toes, and it's mingled with iron and clay, representing, you know, democratic forms of government. And that uh, that would usher in the end time paradigm, uh, you know, that's spelled out in eschatology. And so that's a whole deep topic. But but there's such a such powerful dreams. Let me also give you some example of some New Testament dreams and visions. Uh, One will be Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. He had four uh, directive dreams about Jesus's entire life. That I mean, that is a whole podcast. We may take a whole podcast to dig into Joseph's four dreams and all the prophetic implications and how that really it just laid out the entire uh, ministry of Jesus and who he is. Just a fascinating study. And so uh, we may take a whole podcast to do that. Another one would be in the New Testament would be Paul and then Peter and John. Of course, John, uh, you know, had the book of Revelation, and it's uh, we, in the South we we typically say Revelations plural, but it's technically Revelation. There's only one Revelation. It's the Revelation of Jesus as our King. Had a dream, and then here's an interesting one. I thought I would highlight. This is found in Matthew 27 verses 17 through 19. It says, "When the people were gathered together, Pilate, Pontius Pilate." said to them, Who do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew because of the envy they had handed him over. 
uh, while Jesus was uh, while he Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent a message to him saying, "Have nothing to do with that righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him." So uh, God spoke to Pilate's wife in in a dream. Uh, and then as he was, Pilate was about to render a verdict in the case of Jesus, as he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife got word to him, you know, that this dream really upset her and, and she had, you know, was compelled to influence and speak to him. And, you know, that's the scene where Pilate washes his hands, you know, of guilt, of of, of the, the crucifixion that was going to take place. And so powerful dream there in the New Testament. Um, let me give give us a couple more scriptures. Um, in Numbers 12, 6, he's, you know, he said, Listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions, and I speak to him in dreams. You know, we talked about that, that, that God speaks to prophets through his dreams. And so that's a wonderful way God speaks to us. And then let me talk about you and I. How does God speak to you and I? Uh, through dreams. It's Acts 2, 17 through 18, and I think we all know this scripture. It says, in the last days, and I believe we are definitely living in the last days. Um, I don't know where exactly on the timeline in the last days, but I'm going to suggest we're we're pretty far down that timeline. Uh, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Wow. So that's the era we are living in. God is speaking to us prophetically. In our dreams, we need to pay attention. We need to we need to really focus in and pay attention. Um, let me give us some purposes. God will give spiritual dreams, um, and I'm going to lay some scriptures down with each and every one of these, just to to sort of keep us grounded and keep us uh, on solid footing. Um, and I, I got I got these actually off of an article that CBN News had done, and um, so I wanted to keep this kind of basic. I didn't want to get too uh, theologically deep and just keep it simple. And I'm going to read these scriptures with us as we go. The first scripture is going to be found in Genesis 41, verses one through. Eight, and I'm going to go ahead and look at that with us. And this is going to be an example of how God will sometimes speak to us in dreams um, to warn of future events. And this one actually has a global uh you know, implication, and and sometimes like Pilate's wife, that's exactly what happened. God spoke to her in a dream that was able to influence. Uh, a global leader. Genesis 41 says, uh, in verse, starting in verse 1, And when it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river, and behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fat shed, and they fed in a meadow. Um, and behold, seven other kine came up out of them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed. I'm sorry, fat-fleshed and lean-fleshed. So they're fat cows and skinny cows, basically, and stood by the brink of the river. And the uh, and the lean kind did eat up the seven fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke. 
And he slept and dreamed a second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good, and behold, seven thin ears, and blasted with the east wind sprang up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh told them his dream. But there was none that it could interpret it unto Pharaoh. Of course, we know Joseph will end up interpreting that dream, and, and it was talking about the, that there would be uh, you know seven years of bounty and then seven years of famine. And so Joseph uh, was able to instruct to him to prepare to prepare for that. And so that was one that had some pretty serious implications. And listen, in our country, even in modern times, we've had, you know, people that have had dreams that affected our entire world. You know, I talked in our whole podcast on our prophetic history episode titled Operation Nickelgrass that Nixon had, uh, President Nixon, his mother had given him a word that uh, had global implications. You know, I, I wonder if God spoke to her that in a dream or God just gave her that prophetic word. But he he told uh, she told Nixon that one day you would be in a position to help the people of Israel, God's people. And when that day comes, you must act. And and uh, that's a wonderful story. And uh, there's actually a movie. Uh, there's a documentary film. I'll have to put that in the description box that talks about that, and it's fantastic. Um, it talks about how uh, Israel as a nation has just survived so many miracles to even exist, and so just a fascinating story. Um, another one is to give revelation. You know, another example of the purpose of a dream is to give revelation to his prophets. You know, God doesn't do anything. He doesn't first reveal it to his prophets, and so you know the lord uh, the lord speaks to his people and we have to be perceptive we have to be listening you know those watchmen on the wall we have to to be uh, tuned in i always say you know focus on the frequency not the noise there's a lot of noise out there today we're in the information age where you know information just comes all the time from so many places and you, you really have to discern and decipher what is appropriate you know, god-centered information and that example would be found in numbers 12 6 and it says and he said hear now my words if there be a prophet among you i the lord will make myself known to him in a vision and will speak to him in a dream you know we've read that all read that already but that's that's god speaks to his people his prophets um Another example is he warns us of certain decisions. You know, that was just like in uh, Matthew 27 with Pilate's wife. That would be an example of that. Another example, and I think this is one that's real common to us, is that God will give us dreams about our destiny. You know, God loves to sort of show us the destination. Now, the journey is a faith walk. But he loves to give us the destination. Uh, Genesis 37, 5. This is the story of Joseph. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brothers. And they hated him more. He said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood around about and made obeisance. To my sheaf. Of course, I'm sure this message did not go over well with his brothers. His brothers, you know, said, should you reign over us in verse 8? Should you have dominion over us? And they hated him more for his dreams and for his word. But if we keep reading in uh, Genesis, we find out that it did come to pass. It took many years, but it did come to pass. And so, um, and it even has greater 
uh, prophetic implications. You know, a lot of times you're, you're, uh, the prophetic can have layers to it. Um, you know, there can be multiple meanings that all coincide together. Uh, it can be a, you know, this was obviously about Joseph, but it also had prophetic implications for the nation of Israel in the future. And so it was a layered dream. Uh, and then another one would be found in First Kings uh, chapter 3, verses 5 through 15. And this would be an example of God um, uh, answering our petitions and our prayer. You know, God can answer us sometimes in a dream. Uh, so that's First Kings chapter 3. I'm going to go to it with us and read it to us. First uh, Kings 3, starting in verse 5, it says, uh, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask, you know, what shall I give to you? And, and it goes on to talk about um, Solomon's, it's known as Solomon's prayer from, from there on. And it's basically Solom, Solomon asked for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom and blessed him. And so it's a wonderful, you know, just some, some varieties of purposes. I'll just sort of hit those, uh, those five points points again. So it was uh, sometimes for future events, uh, to communicate to his prophets, to warn us, or to give us a destiny, or to answer our petitions and our prayers. Those are sort of the five purposes that uh, God often speaks to us about in dreams. Now, let me just talk about those levels of dreams based off of the outer court, inner court, holy of holies, or we could say flesh, soul, and spirit. Uh, you can have a fleshly ordinary dreams sometimes you know we call those pizza dreams they're nonsensical you know they're, they're just a dream it doesn't mean anything it's just a dream it's just your subconscious is busy while you're sleeping not all dreams are spiritual and so you can just have an ordinary dream uh, i think we can all you know think of examples of those and they're just random you know i've had dreams where just very random i'm not really doing anything noteworthy um, I do want to say that, and I don't know if I would call this uh, flesh or soul. I sort of debated on which category to put this in. But um, you can have carnal dreams. You know, you can have horror dreams. And some of that is just simply, uh, you know, what doors we have opened in our, in our mind, in our life. If you are, you know, watching scary movies, horror movies, um, don't be surprised if you have nightmares and bad dreams because you've given uh, sort of uh, an open door, if you will, for those things to happen. You know, my mom was on here a few weeks back, and, and I like the way she said it. You know, if I go to sleep at night and I leave the front door open to my house, um, someone may or may not come in and rob my house, but I've definitely given that opportunity. And so that's what I mean by open doors. You know, we just need to close doors that don't need to be open. That's wisdom. That's just a basic, you know, Proverbs wisdom nugget. Um, another one is, you know, um, carnal dreams. If, if you're watching, you know, things you shouldn't be watching of a sexual nature, then you're going to have those kind of dreams. And you just you need to shut the door to those things in your life. And, and it can be really dangerous. So you definitely need to shut those doors. Um, and that goes for lots of things. If, if you are surrounding yourself, you know, with uh, a lot of negativity and fear, you know, then you're going to have corresponding dreams to that. Those are sort of flesh or soul level dreams. Um, and I'll say this too. This may be another, I would say this is a soul level dream. And so the way I see it is uh, your flesh is just your carnal desires 
uh, just very animalistic and basic, if you will, primitive. Uh, you're, um, I like to say that people who are ruled by their flesh basically have no impulse control. They just do things. Um, th- this level of your soul encompasses your mind, will, emotions, and intellect. And then, of course, your spirit being the third level. Um, sometimes we do have what I call like uh, emotional or psychological dreams um, where you're just working out your problems. Um, a friend of ours who, who has passed away, he was a uh, psychologist, and uh, my mom was having a series of dreams, or she was actually not just in the dreams, but she was also felt compelled to do puzzles a lot. And then she was having dreams where she was basically problem solving in these dreams. And he told her that that's a common coping mechanism when you're under a lot of stress, you know, that your your mind is still busy when you're sleeping, trying to work out your problems. But I'll say this, you know, we need to learn as, as Christians, as spiritual people who are Christ-led, to cast our cares on the Lord. You know, this is a perfect Hebrews 4 moment in the podcast to rest. You know, not, um, you know, the only struggle we need to have is to enter into His rest, knowing in faith God has already provided the answer. He's already given the solution, you know, and that we need to, we need to be in rest. We don't, God doesn't want us stressed out. And, and upset. And so, um, you know, we don't need to be struggling to fix all of our problems. We need to be led by the Spirit and how to handle, you know, issues when they come our way. And I, that's hard. That's not an easy, that's easier said than done. Uh, another uh, dream, kind of dream you can have is where God is confirming to you something He's already spoken to you about. You know, that's actually the most common way I think God gives me dreams. I'm not somebody that actually dreams a whole lot, but um, but God will confirm things. And then this will be an insert point. I'll go ahead and share this dream right here. And this to me, and we'll talk about dream symbols in a moment, but um, there was a, a point in my life, uh, I would say this was back around 2008. Uh, we were at a small church. Uh, my husband had a job where he was sort of driving to uh, different locations all the time. I had, a, a, at the time, a three-year-old. And um, I went to sleep one night, and like I said, I don't have a ton of dreams. I'm not someone that dreams all the time, but... Um, Uh, This particular night, I knew it was a spiritual dream. And I'll go ahead and insert right here. One of the ways you can know that it's a spiritual dream is that it's very vivid. Uh, Usually it will be in color. um, And then there will be a lot of symbolism in the dream. And uh, it'll you'll wake up and, and sort of like it'll really leave an impression on you. And that's some of the ways you can know that it's a spiritual dream or a significant dream. Let's just say it maybe that way. But in this dream, I was standing on a hilltop on a, uh, in a driveway. And there was a house behind me. It was not my house. And there was a garage uh, that I was standing in front of. And the garage door was open. And I was with someone, but I don't know who it was. I didn't really, they weren't in focus or weren't in the picture, but I just knew someone was with, with me. Typically, when that happens in a dream, I'll just sort of insert this dream symbol. Typically, that is representative of the Holy Spirit you know, guiding you or an angel. And so I was uh, standing on this hilltop and I was looking down into a valley that was across from this house on the hill. And in the valley, I saw another house 
and I saw it was a beautiful clear day. It was not cloudy or anything, but in the distance uh, across the valley coming, I believe, uh, from the east to the west. I'm not certain of that. I'm not really good with directions like that, but from one side of the valley to the other, and I really do believe it was from the east to the west uh, based on the position of the sun just in the dream, but I saw all of the sudden uh, dropping out of the sky were three really skinny, fast-moving tornadoes. You know, there was no other storm clouds. I mean, these just seemingly came out of nowhere. They were super rapid, and they just were zipping, I mean zipping, across this valley. And this house was just right in the pathway. I mean, totally right there in the center of the pathway. And um, I was really concerned that they were going to hit this house. And the three tornadoes, I mean, just raced like literally, you know, 100 miles an hour, just buzzing through this valley. Uh, They were not doing any damage. There was no apparent damage. They were just a lot of wind, a lot of noise, um, you know, but no damage. There were some leaves flying around, um, but just racing through this house. To this house, but they actually went. They almost like they danced around the house. Like I said, there was no damage, and there was nothing else in this valley for them to hit. And um, all of the sudden, um, I don't know if they said it or I sensed it. It's like it turned toward where I was at on this hill, and so we went into this garage, went under the stairwell, and. I was like, you know, sort of huddled up under the stairwell, and I actually woke up to the sensation of feeling myself holding a baby, (laughs) and it kind of startled me, frankly, and I woke up, but I knew I was okay, that it didn't hurt us, it didn't do any damage, we were just sort of uh, taking it a safety precaution, but what really startled me was waking up to the sensation of holding a baby, and I knew it was a boy. Um, And so when I woke up, I told my husband about it, and I was like, you know, this was a really vivid dream. It's really got me kind of shook, you know. (laughs) It really was interesting. And, um, And I will say this, that within, literally within six weeks, we had three major life changes. We had made the decision to change churches, I found out I was pregnant with my second son, and my husband uh, changed jobs very suddenly, sort of unexpectedly. And so, in leaving, you know, the decision to change churches sort of came up a little bit unexpected. And so, these were th- uh, three, and, and we weren't necessarily planning on having another child, although we were thrilled. Um, these were three rapid, unexpected, sudden changes. And so, for me, uh, the dream totally, you know, prepared me for these three major life changes. And so to me, that's just such a powerful example of a dream that I know was from God and I know spoke to me and was really preparing my spirit for the things that were going to happen. And so that's an example of, uh, I guess, a confirming or prophetic dream. Here's our next point that, you know, some dreams are prophetic. And I'll say this about the prophetic. Sometimes the prophetic are things that will absolutely happen, and sometimes they are future possibilities because we have a free will. And I'm going to sort of take a sidebar right here and talk about God's perfect will versus His permissive will. God is so good. He is a God of grace. 
He is not bound by time. You know, God dispensed time for his dealings with man. We are bound inside of time. God is not. He knows everything. He is outside of time. And so sometimes that's hard to get our brain around. But, um, you know, God may give you a destiny. Maybe he's called you to be a pastor or called you to be, you know, whatever. And sometimes we run from God's call and and. We, we make choices contrary to what God's plan is for our life. Um, and we can be in God's permissive will, but not necessarily his perfect will. So let me give you an example of this out of the Bible. In the wilderness, during the exodus with Moses, uh, the children of Israel, you know, wandered for 40 years through this desert. And uh, God, uh, you know, had them walking through the desert and this uh, – you know, this scene is where, you know, they say, Moses, Moses, you know, we're thirsty. We want some water. They begin to complain. In fact, they even said, you know, back in Egypt, we had at least we had garlics and leeks or onions to eat, you know, which was not good food. And so they just complain, complain, complain. And we have the scene where Moses strikes the rock kind of out of frustration and water comes out of the rock and it's bitter water in fact the name of the place is mara which means bitter and this is an example of god's permissive will they they got to the destination but it wasn't you know which was water at that moment but it really wasn't the way god intended it it was uh, because of their complaining it became god's permissive will not god's perfect will now had they been patient had they walked in faith, had they been obedient, right up the path, just a click up the path, was Elam. And it had an oasis of 12 springs and palms with dates and, you know, shade and everything they needed that God had already provided. In fact, in Hebrews 4, it tells us from the foundation of the earth, God had already planned the perfect place for them to stop and rest and be refreshed. But they became impatient and entered into God's permissive will and not God's perfect will. So that's what I mean by, you know, some dreams are a possi prophetic possibility, I guess you could say it that way, because we have a free will and we can sometimes delay because of our lack of faith. Uh, what God has planned or intended for us. And sometimes, you know, God, like I said, God often gives us uh, in the way he speaks to us, whether it be through dreams or, or a prophetic word or however, he'll give us the destination. But the journey's not always clear. You know, I use the analogy of my GPS in my car when I travel. I'll put in the address. You know, we were going to the beach and I put in the address and it um, laid out the best route for me. But um, because of construction, I had to be rerouted. That's an example of God's permissive will, you know, when things come up in our life or when we make bad decisions. I don't want to spend too much time there, but that sort of encompasses what I'm talking about. And then another way, um, God can just speak directly to you. And this is often if God is maybe uh, giving you a warning. You know, people have had warning dreams. Um, and then another way is when maybe God is giving you a call, a direct call. You know, I'm, he comes to you and basically says, you know, you're, you're going to be called into ministry. I'll give an example of that. There was a young girl that we went to church with that was a ministry student. And this is several years ago. It's been at least 10 years ago. And I had a dream about her. And I saw her in a small wooden boat. And she had a net down in the water, and she was pulling up just a net full of fish. And then a sort of flash in the scene, and I saw her in an arena 
full of young people. And she was uh, she was leading them like Billy Graham, you know, in an in a altar call. Um, and people were just coming to the altar. And what is so amazing is um, a few years later, you know, just a few years ago, her and her husband, uh, who was also one of the ministry students, they, they later married and, and became youth pastors at a very large church out west. And um, she was able to be a part of a large youth conference and um that whole scene was lived out in reality you know and fish in the bible represent people being born again and being saved you know the ithacus and uh so that's a common symbol that's uh, and we'll sort of transition now into dream symbols so so there are some dream symbols that are very common that are that are used in the bible uh you have to be a little careful, though. You know, there are lots of dream dictionaries online. Not all of them are biblically based. I would be very hesitant to use dream symbols that are not biblically based or not common. A tornado typically is uh, always representative of really uh, drastic or swift change. I mean, look, when a tornado is formed, it's because uh, a hot air mass and a cold air mass collide, and it causes sort of this chaos momentary chaos and sometimes it does damage and sometimes it does not but it is a shift in the winds and in the atmosphere and so tornadoes typically always represent you know drastic change um, you know of course um in the dream also in in the valley was a house and then i was on the hill with a house a house very you know commonly represents your life you know, it can be your life, your ministry, your job. It's, it's, it's your life. So a, a house is a very simple one. A, a car or vehicle is really your life outside of your house, outside of you as an individual. That typically represents your calling and your ministry. And so that's another really common dream symbol. Um, I'm just going to give some common symbols. So a birthing, babies, you know, that typically represents an, a new purpose in your life. It doesn't have to be a literal baby, although it can be. You know, in the dream I had, it was a literal baby. But it was also... Um, you know, we started uh, sort of a new direction in our life, so it was actually both. It was a new purpose and a new baby, you know, with a new job and a, a new baby and changing churches, which for us was a really big decision. We're not, you know, church hoppers, so um, that that's sort of common. Another one is flying. So flying can be that you're rising above issues, you know, you're getting spiritual perspective. Um, that's that's pretty common, pretty basic. Um, falling can be fear or losing control, although sometimes it can represent freedom uh, from things that have been sort of uh, keeping you in bondage. But typically that means losing, you know, fear or you're struggling with fear or losing control. And so that's typically what that means. Uh, here's some basic ones that we can look straight to the Bible for. Uh, you know, and I'm using uh, Paul uh, as an example for this, but snakes. Snakes are almost always demonic. Let's just keep it simple, you know. Uh, snakes uh, have fangs, and they have venom, and they are camouflaged, and they are typically demonic, and they represent uh, the demonic in, in the Bible. And by the way, scorpions do as well. Uh, names. If you have a name in a dream, you know, I would encourage you, uh, some advice would be to look up what the name means. Uh, my mom, I'm going to have her on, but she shared this before 
that um, she was asking the Lord to have wisdom. And then later, she kept getting this word, Sonia, Sonia, Sonia. And then she goes, oh, that's a name. And so she went and got a baby book and looked it up. And then and it was a, con- a confirming dream. And so the name Sonia means wisdom. And so for her, that was just confirmation that God was speaking to her. And that was really cool. A window. A window in a dream uh, to me is really fascinating. A window exclusively almost always means God is showing you something uh, in prophetically in the spirit, something that you otherwise would not be able to see. A window allows us to look out or to look into another uh, atmosphere dimension. And so that's always an indicator that this is a prophetic dream. And then numbers. Uh, numbers are pretty basic. Some people get really hung up on numbers. I'm not necessarily against that. I just would say use with extreme caution. Uh, let the Bible be what interprets numbers. You know, seven was the day that God uh, you know, rested from his work. And so seven typically means completion or rest or God's perfect number. God created man on the sixth day. Sixth almost exclusively means man, you know, represents man or mankind. Um, and then we see that, uh, you know, there's some other ones, you know, 12. We have the 12 disciples and usually represents government. Um, you know, those are just some examples and so um, of numbers and things like that. Uh, let me give us a couple of scriptures uh, or a couple of Hebrew words also to go with our scriptures and some of the things we've talked about. So we've been focused in on the words connected to the prophetic. Now, one of the words in your Bible connected to a prophet is the word seer, S-E-E-R, seer. And so that just means someone that sees supernaturally they see things that are spiritual that other people cannot see so there are actually three hebrew words that we're going to look at now two of them are are related to one another very closely connected Uh, one is re'ah and that is uh, strong seven two zero zero re'ah and let me tell you what it means re'ah means to see very (laughs) simple it means uh in a more detailed definition, it means to consider, to discern, to gaze upon, to take heed of, to look upon. It means to have perspective. It means to uh, to foreknow or forecause. And it means to uh, to show or to have sight of others, to stare, to view, or to vision. And so re'ah is connected to your eyes, and it means to see. It basically means to see with spiritual eyes. And uh, I'm going to have my mom share some examples of that on the next podcast. That's actually one of the ways God will show her things. But, you know, God can show us things. He can show us. uh, One example I've had of that to happen, you know, I've shared this before, that we were at a restaurant, and there, the waitress seemed okay, but I sort of saw this dark cloud over her, almost like a Charlie Brown cartoon, you know, just, you know, the rain cloud that would follow Charlie Brown around. It was it was uh, as if I was seeing a dark cloud. And in fact, I had to kind of like, did I see what I think I saw? Was that in my mind, you know, my imagination? And we ended up speaking to her, and she actually had her, her uh, niece, I believe, had a funeral that day, and she decided not to go, and then she regretted that decision. And we ended up praying with her, and uh, it was just a really cool moment. We ended up leading her in the center's prayer right there in the restaurant, just an amazing 
story. And so that was all because God let me see something. That was an example of re'ah. It means, and re'ah basically means to open your eyes and to see with spiritual eyes. And then row A, which is connected to re'ah, it's, um, it's the active participle, technically, of that word. It's an expanded definition represented by strong 7203, means uh, a seer but it means abstractly in a vision. And so really, that's more of an example of what I saw with the cloud. So that's just an expanded definition of Rayah. And then let me let me give us one more word. It's Strong's 2374, and it's Kose. It's spelled C-H-O-Z-E-H, and it means a beholder in a vision. It means a, a prophet or a seer or a gazer. And so these are just examples of, you know, God can speak to us in dreams and visions. He's communicating to us in dreams and visions. Dreams and visions are important. They are prophetic. They can be prophetic. And so uh, I'm going to just leave us with just some really quick um uh, f- you know, just five little nuggets to take away. This would be my advice about dreams. Number one, journal it. When you keep a little notepad in your nightstand or, or whatever, and when you have a dream, write it down. Uh, sometimes I'm not the best about writing it down. I use my phone, and I'll just email myself <laughs> a dream. Or, or There's a, a app that I use sometimes, like a journaling app, and you can look up things by keywords. Uh, but if it's a significant spiritual dream, I will sort of uh, make a notation of it and email it to myself, and then I can easily search that. Another one is pray about it. <laughs> Just pray about it. So simple. Sometimes we overlook the basic things. Another one is be patient. Sometimes you have dreams and it may be a while before they really make sense to you. That's important why we should journal it. But be patient. You may not get the answer right away. And then another one is look at some of the symbolism. Uh, look at that tahiladreams.org. Uh, I'll put the link in the description box. And um, that's one that I trust, uh, that Understanding the Dreams You Dream by Ira Milligan is a book that I definitely can endorse. It has a dream dictionary in the back as well. Uh, look at basic symbolism in the Bible and, and don't get don't read too much into symbolism. You know, use that with caution. And then the last one is just steward your dream. You know, maybe talk it over with, uh, you know, your spiritual leader or mentor uh, or whoever, uh, maybe, uh, you know, pray about it, you know, write it down, look up things in the Bible, you know, just begin to just go on a journey with it, um, and then put it away for a while, maybe revisit it, you know, but um, sometimes, you know, we don't get the answers right away, and, and patience is something I think all of us struggle with, but I'm excited to talk to some people and see what they have to say about dreams. I'm really excited to dig into this. This is something I've wanted to do on the podcast for quite some time, and God does speak to us in dreams, so may you have sweet, godly, prophetic dreams as you go about your week. Thank you again and have a